Before I begin, I would like to make an announcement. This is my 10th episode, so it's a milestone of some sorts. So yeah, I'm pretty happy I got this far. And here's to more episodes of Bamboo History. G'day everyone, and welcome to the Bamboo History Podcast. I'm your host Stephen, and to all our new listeners, I am a Chinese-Australian that got hooked onto Chinese history and decided to make a podcast out of it. I will be focusing on Chinese history, but I do have plans on expanding into the history of neighbouring countries and regions as well. To all my existing listeners, thank you for your continued support, and I'm really glad that you are with me on this journey. So yeah, let's get straight into it. Today's episode is going to be fun, because we are going to talk about the stories of Pangu and Nuwa, two Chinese stories on how the world was created. Both stories of Pangu and Nuwa have been firmly entrenched in Chinese mythology and have been passed down generation to generation and are common household stories known and spoken about by Chinese people in the present day. I understand that there are different opinions as to how the world was created and I totally respect that. I am merely giving an account of the traditional Chinese version and I hope that any listeners who believe in the other creation stories, theories or accounts can respect these versions of creation that I'm about to tell you as well. First off, I will begin with the story of Pangu, who created the heavens and the earth. So, <clears throat> a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Wait, sorry folks, wrong story. <clears throat> a long, long time ago, the earth had not formed yet. Instead, everything was in a state of muddled confusion, or in Chinese, H-U-N-D-U-N. The world was in a state of chaos, where there was no sense of direction, or what was where, and where was when, and why was what, and how was when, and who is what, and why is who, and uh, when is why. Yeah, when I read this part during my research, I was really confused. This state of confusion and chaos, or Dun materialized into a giant egg, so it became a giant egg, and this egg existed as the world for a long time. But eventually, a being or creature or specimen of some sorts emerged in this egg. All the texts that I've read have referred to this being as a male or a he, and depicted as a human-like figure, so I will do the same. His name was Pangu, spelt P-A-N, G-U. After Pangu appeared in this egg, he lived in this egg for 18,000 years. 18,000 years, all by himself, no family, no friends. And he had to live all those 18,000 years in the muddled confusion and chaos that was the egg. That must have taken some determination, resilience and solid mental toughness to have lived through all of that. After 18,000 years in the egg, Pangu had finally had enough, and he was like, no nah, mate, I'm out. And he popped out of the egg. Since the egg was the world itself, I'm not sure what he landed on after he left the egg. Maybe he stood on a floating cloud, 
Maybe he had a hoverboard. I don't really know. When Pangu got out of the egg, he grew into a giant. Like a huge giant. Like a really bloody huge giant. As big as the world itself at that time. Pangu was clearly sick and tired of living through all this chaos and decided to destroy the egg to end this state of chaos and confusion once and for all. Using his powers, Pangu created himself an axe and started to hack at the egg, eventually slicing the egg apart in two. When the egg was sliced apart, it fell away and one half of the egg formed the sky and the other half of the egg formed the earth. The two halves of the egg, however, did not like being apart and wanted to combine themselves back together. Pangul was worried about the same thing and knew that if the two halves converged again, the sky and the earth that was created would disappear and the state of confusion and chaos would return. Oh no, so what's he going to do? To stop this, Pangul raised his hands and pushed the sky back up. Using his feet, he pushed the earth back down. As he pushed, the sky moved further and further away from the earth. And as the distance between the sky and the earth grew, Pangul was like, Oh, bugger, I can't reach the sky anymore. So Pangul started growing himself to match that distance that was growing as well. So Pangul started growing himself to match that distance as well, so he would be able to reach the sky and the earth to push them back if they decided to converge again. And they did, the sky and the earth kept trying, and whenever they did, Pangul would push them back. This constant pushing of the sky and the earth, and Pangul's growth along with it, took another 18,000 years. Understandably, after 18,000 years trying to keep the two halves apart, with the constant pushing and growing, Pangul was knackered, tired, and all his energy was all but gone, his health bar reaching zero. By now, Pangul was certain that the sky and earth were so far apart and settled in its place that they would no longer converge. Pangul finally said to himself, Finally, my mission is done. I'm just going to lie down now and have a good rest. So he lay down, closed his eyes to rest, and never woke up again, because he died. Pangul sacrificed himself to create the world as we know it today, and every part of his body had become different elements of this earth. When Pangul died, his breath became the wind, the mist, and the clouds. His voice became thunder. His left eye became the sun. His right eye became the moon. His head became the mountains. His blood became the rivers. His muscles became fertile land. His hair became bushes and forests. His bones became valuable minerals. His sweat became rain. And the fleas that had stuck onto him, because he never showered, became the animals. I wonder what his armpit hair became. Maybe weeds or Venus flytraps. So that's it. That's the story of how Pangul created the world. Historically, it was said that the earliest reference to this story was during China's Three Kingdoms period in the 2nd century CE by a man named Xu Zheng, X-U-Z-H-E-N-G. 
to explain how the world was created. This story was not only popular amongst the Han Chinese, but also became popular amongst the other ethnic minorities as well, such as the Miao and Yao ethnic groups, who used this story as their creation story too. Okay listeners, that's the story of Pangu. Now let's move on to the story of Nu Hua. We all now know how the world was created according to Chinese mythology, that it was created by Pangu's efforts and sacrifice. However, the world was still missing humans, and this is where the mother goddess of China, Nu Hua, comes in. Nu Hua, spelt N-U-W-A, was responsible for creating all of us and then later on saving all of us from an apocalyptic disaster. The story goes that many years after Pangu created the world and died, a woman named Nu Hua existed. I'm not sure how she came to be, and because this is mythology, I'm just going to accept the fact that she simply existed. At this point in time when Nu Hua was around, the world was a place full of mountains, rivers and trees and all that stuff, but there was no other people around. One day, Nu Hua was walking in the woods and she finally cracked, the loneliness getting the better of her. I bet she was probably singing, All by myself, don't wanna be all by myself. Yeah, I haven't told any of you this, but I was a finalist on The X Factor and I sung at Eurovision. Sorry, I digress, back to the story. In reality, she didn't want to be all by herself, so she stopped by a river where she collected some mud and started to make figures out of them. She started off making animal figures as they were easy to make, such as sheep, chickens and koalas. But she got bored of making animals and wanted a challenge. So she said to herself, <clears throat> Why don't I make figures that look like me? I'm sorry, listeners, that's the best impersonation of a female voice I can do. Apologies. Anyway, she created these figures that looked like her by giving them faces, hands, legs, feet, and all that other stuff that humans have. And when she put them on the ground, she jumped back in surprise and was like, Whoa, what the hell's going on? because these figures started to move, walking like her, and talking like her. She decided to call these figures Ren, which in Chinese is the word for human. And she was so happy because she was not alone anymore. She had finally made some friends. Haha, <laughs> get it? She started making more and more humans until her hands got tired. To save her strength, she got out a rope, dragged it across the mud, then started swinging the rope around, which flung the mud everywhere, creating blobs of mud, which in turn became humans. It is commonly said that people from the upper class descended from Nuwa's handmade humans, while lower class people were descended from the humans made from Nuwa's rope. So if you ever want to insult someone for being lower class, you can now go up to them and call them a rope human, or something like that. But if you get bashed, it's not my fault. I don't want any part in this. Because Nuwa was the creator of humans, Nuwa became the queen of humankind and everyone lived happily ever, not after. Why? Because a disaster soon struck. The world at that time was a square, 
with the earth and the sky. And the sky was being supported by four pillars that were at each corners of the earth. Remember listeners, this description of the world was in line with the ancient Chinese thinking that the planet earth was flat, not round. According to the ancient Chinese text, Huainanzi, spelt H-U-A-I-N-A-N-Z-I, these four pillars broke, and the lack of support of the sky resulted in cracks appearing in the sky. What happened after that? I'll read the original text from Huainanzi in Mandarin, then translate it. Ahem. Tian bu jian fu, di bu zhou zai, what this means is that the sky didn't cover up the earth entirely, and vice versa, which created fires everywhere that couldn't be extinguished, floods everywhere that didn't recede, ferocious animals that started eating people, and predatory birds that snatched the elderly and weak to take into the sky and eat them. Yeah. The situation doesn't look too good at the moment. Nuwa realised that she had a duty as queen to protect her people. Firstly, she had to patch up the cracks in the sky. In order to do that, she created stones which she used to patch the sky. You're probably wondering, how did she get up to the sky? She flew. Duh, obviously. Again, it's a myth, so assume anything is possible. Then she found a massive turtle in the water, which had massive, thick, round legs. And Nuwa cut off the turtle's legs to replace the four broken pillars that once held up the sky. Way, okay. A bit uncalled for here. Poor turtle just got its legs cut off for goodness sakes. But yeah, anything's possible, right? And I'm just going to assume that hopefully the turtle grew back its legs. Then Nuwa found the cause of the floods. A black dragon that was blowing water from the sky continuously onto the earth. And yeah, Nuwa killed the dragon. No epic showdown, no pre-battle speech like in the movies. Nuwa just killed it. The Huainanzi Chinese text actually just says in three words, Sha Hei Lung, or kill black dragon in English. And that was it. Game over. Nuwa killed the dragon and stopped the floods. Ancient Chinese texts sure don't mess around and keep it simple with the descriptions. Yeah, and uh, that's it. That's the end of the story. She fixed the cracks in the sky, stopped the floods and the fires and all those aggressive animals, and saved the world for all humans. This story is commonly known in Chinese as Nuwa Bu Tian, or in English, Nuwa Patches Up the Sky. It's important that there are many different stories of Nuwa as well, of which this is one of them, and they all portray Nuwa differently. There is another story of Nuwa, and it's portrayed in ancient Chinese murals and paintings, where Nuwa is depicted with another man named Fu Xi, spelt F-U-X-I. In this depiction, Nuwa and Fu Xi have human faces and a human upper body, but their lower bodies resemble that of a snake, and their snake half of their bodies intertwine with one another. In this version, Nuwa and Fu Xi are wife and husband, and are both creators of humankind. Both of them also helped introduce things like music, hunting, fishing, and cooking to all of us. 
The funny thing though with this story is that uh, Nuwa and Fushi are not only married to one another, but they're also brother and sister. Yep, married and also siblings. And because this podcast is also catering to people under 18, I'm just going to stop this particular story right here. The significance of Nuwa's story is that it highlights the role of women back in ancient China at the time. The depiction of Nuwa as a goddess figure that creates all of humanity aligns with the fact that way back in the day, before Chinese civilization was male-dominated, it was actually female-dominated. This is certainly consistent with historical studies showing that females had higher roles in human communities for a long time up until the introduction of agriculture, which saw the dominant role shift greater and greater towards men. That, my bamboo historians, comes to an end to this episode explaining two creation stories that has formed a part of Chinese mythology, Chinese history, and more importantly, Chinese culture. Pangu showed us that persistence, determination, and patience can help you achieve anything, even if it takes 18,000 years. Nuwa's story can be summed up in the wise words of Spider-Man's uncle, Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. And that when it's crunch time, you have to step up and get the job done, which was what Nuwa did to save the world, ensuring that I am alive today talking to all of you about history and stuff. So that's it folks, enjoy the rest of your day or evening, don't forget to subscribe to my channel and follow my Instagram page, details in the description box below, and I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now.